Hello and welcome to Habemus Papam, episode 129, Agapitus II. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. So we're actually on a roll here with popes in the Dark Ages that are chosen by the brutal dictator Albrecht II, the Duke of Spoleto. It's pretty strange, but he was really quite good at picking competent, somewhat or, or actually holy men to be pope, and, and today's pope is no exception. Agapitus II was a Roman by birth, and again, he seems to have been holy. He was elected pope on May 10th, 946, and his papacy would take place during the waning years of Albrecht's 20 years of control of the city of Rome, which, if you remember, started after he overthrew his mother, Marozia, and locked her in prison. Agapitus's papacy was certainly dominated politically by Albrecht, but he seems to have been a little bit more free to act in the outside world than his predecessors. One case we have of this circles around the dispute over the true election of the Archbishop of Reims, France, Louis IV supported the candidacy of a man named Artold, while Hugh the Great, one of Louis's nobles, was constantly fighting with the king for power, supported a man named Hugh of Vermandois. They went back and forth until Agapitus sent a legate to Ingelheim, to the court of Otto I of Germany, who was an ally of Louis, to settle the matter. And there the legate decided in favor of Artold. And the news was sent back to Rome, where Agapitus called a synod together and also settled the debate in favor of Artold. Now, it's clear that Agapitus went out of his way to be friendly to Otto I of Germany. He granted him the right to regulate how bishops were appointed in Germany, which is certainly a big deal. However, when Otto desired to come to Rome in 952 in order to perhaps be crowned Holy Roman Emperor, Agapitus denied him. Now, whether this was Agapitus's decision, or as is more likely the decision of Alberic, who didn't want a powerful political rival on the stage with the title Holy Roman Emperor, is up for debate. In fact, Albert claimed to be the patrician of the Romans, and then to have some other guy come in and be called Holy Roman Emperor and crowned in Rome, which Albert controlled, would not work for him. But it was in Agapitus's interests and in the interests of the church to somehow break the stranglehold of power held by Albrecht II. And if perhaps a powerful German could help, it would be good to be friendly towards him if possible. Agapitus was again a monastic reformer, continuing the process of reforming the Benedictine monks at St. Paul's outside the walls. He invited monks from France who were actually following the rule of St. Benedict to take over the monastery entirely, since, uh, as one historian said, in Italy, one was hard to press to find a single monk who was truly faithful to the rule of St. Benedict. One final event in Agapitus's papacy, and a big one for the next papacy as well, in 954, Albert II, the prince and senator of all Rome, basically the dictator, started to go downhill. His successor was going to be his son, Octavian, who at that point was 17 years old and was apparently a cleric in the Church of Rome. And on his deathbed, Albert made his nobles promise him that not only would Octavian be the ruler of Rome, but when Agapitus II died, they would also get him elected pope. But we're going to have to leave it there because Agapitus himself died in December of 955 and was buried in the Lateran Basilica. And Alberic's nobles did their job because Agapitus was succeeded by Alberic's son, Octavian, who took the name John Twelfth. But we will have to wait for his story, which is a little unfortunate, for next time. 
Thanks for listening to Hobby Mus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com or you can find us on iTunes. Thank you and God bless.